you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host in New Orleans by mouth, Chef Amy Sims. And here in the studio with me today, I have Mark Suberville from what I think is a hidden gem off of Metairie Road. He's from Norjo Imports. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. This is great. Well, Mark, I have to say the first time I went there, I said... Where's Joe? I need to talk to Joe because I, I like this place and I want to tell Joe. And you said, well, I'm the new Joe. <laughs> I, I am the new Joe, actually. I didn't know I was going to be the new Joe, but as it turns out, uh, I'm the new Joe. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, Norjo is kind of right off the railroad tracks, tucked um, tucked kind of behind a, um, a little strip mall in Old Metairie. So what do you all do there? Tell. So the Norjo was actually formed by Joe. And, uh, and Norma, that's the Norjo. And <clears throat> they um, started this about 26 years ago. And it was interesting because uh, Joe was actually from Brooklyn. And he brought down uh, a lot of that sort of Northeastern and New York influences. But he was a cheesemonger there in, in New York and um, and came down with a lot of those influences. And then uh, met up with Norma, who was in the so the, the gourmet food business as well, and that's how they started. And actually, I believe they even had a location uh, in Mid-City before they moved out to uh, um, uh, Old Metairie. And so it's, uh, it's been, and they've been in Old Metairie since for the past 26 years. So they were around even before that. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, even though it is considered an Italian deli, it really, we bring in a lot of the gourmet foods and uh, European foods and, um, uh, oils and meats and cheeses and things like that. But um, I, I personally like the fact that it brings a lot of old New Orleans um, to the store. It's just, it's it's a very um, unique environment there, you know, and they created something pretty nice. Uh, and that's actually what I'm trying to continue. I'm really trying to continue that feeling you get when you go into uh, an old grocery store in New Orleans. That's what we're trying to continue. And um, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to be old school in a way. Um, it's it would be much easier to get brand new equipment and uh, you know and just kind of change things up a little bit for the better. But uh, but at the same time, there's so much value I think in our in our food history in New Orleans that um, we want to continue that, and that's that's really what we're doing. And you know, I think that we're we're kind of in this this interesting time period in New Orleans, and where for a while we were. We, we didn't want to change. We didn't want anything different. And then we had a little run of, we want everything new from out of town that's different and exciting. And then now we're back to, we have to preserve what we had. We have to save it. We, yeah. We're nostalgic again, and we want that old feel again. It, it, it is. That's exactly it. That's exactly what I see happening as well. And I've, I've sort of been um, an observer of that over the years as well. And I think that, I, I think what it comes down to is that we always took pride in the fact that we were five years behind everybody else. I would have people come to town and like, you mean y'all don't have whatever the latest thing is like, hell no. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, no, but we purposely don't want to be like everybody else. You know, that's kind of our thing, right? We want to be different. And I think that even though uh, we have a lot of creativity in the food industry here in New Orleans, it's uh, that's a, that is a good thing. But I think even the new creative um, food entrepreneurs, pay respect to the culture and the history of New Orleans food. And um, and it's something that um, I, I think will always sort of be like that. I think that's why they're here. You know, they're not here because we're the trendiest place to be. <laughs> we're, they're here because they want that influence uh, uh, and historical influences as well. So I think that's, and that's kind of what I think 
I want Norjo to represent as well. So when we talk about, you know, these historic foods and flavors and things, and clearly with the with the flags and the colors on the website for Norjo Imports, we know that it's got a, a lot of Italian in it. Hey, that's what they tell me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> look, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I've had a few visits. I don't know. But, so you have, you know, you have this kind of Italian feel. So there are there certain things that you go, we can't be old school if we don't serve this. Like right, this right. has to be somewhere in the store. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I deal with all the time, every day. Um, and it's it's very it's, it's difficult. I mean, and I've got a, a T-shirt that says um, it's difficult to be simple. And it's so true. I mean, it's like, you know, you try to keep these simplistic dishes and these simplistic sandwiches, but it's hard to find unique meats and unique breads and keep all that stuff, you know, in stock and everything because it's difficult to be simple sometimes. And so um, it is a little bit of a challenge to to retain that. But at the same time, we're adding a few new creative things. We've added the cannoli king cake, of course, which was a huge hit um, last year for Mardi Gras and, of course, this year as well. And um, we... Um, you know, we'll do a few things like that uh, here and there that will sort of take a traditional um, dish and put a little bit of a spin on it. You know, so we're, we're, we're trying to do more of that. Well, I know it's not the season, but let's talk king cake. Why not? Because well, just, anytime. Just so you know, I, get, I get in trouble for selling king cakes before. Well, so we're going to call early. them... <laughs> non king cakes outside. I, I yeah, I'm a I'm a stickler about the rules of when you can get it, but I am becoming less of a stickler about what is considered king cake. And I think that is kind of another shift we're right. having yes. is that yeah. we were hardcore and then yeah. we were like, wait, we like this flavor, but we can <laughs> only have it during this time of year, right? <laughs> Just the, that that is so New Orleans, right? You know. <laughs> It's so contradictory all the time. Um, well, it is something that, um, I, I, same thing as what we were just saying. It, you're exactly right. I mean, if you go, you know, when do you break the trends? You know, when do you when do you say it's okay to have king cake year round? You know, and that sort of thing. And it's like it's it's. Um, I don't know. That's a challenge. I don't want to be the one to answer that question. No. You know what I mean, I'm not going to no, be the you, one. To don't do step it. in that. No, water. I am not. No way, man. I'm sticking. With, I'm a fundamentalist. I'm sticking with the way it's supposed to be. And that's, you know, I'll keep my kneecaps intact because they, they, they get very mad at me when I do that. But, um, but the, um, again, that kind of goes back to the creativity, though, of, of the, the food community here. I mean, we want people to explore that. And so, again, I just think there's room for both. There's room for both, and there should be. And I will say that the uh, cannoli king cake was delicious. Mm -hmm. um, thank goodness for Facebook because that's how I found you. Someone posted a picture of their cannoli king cake, and I was like, yeah, I must. I must try that, and That's I must have it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And so I went, and then I bought a few, and because yeah. you had the little mini ones, right. and I could give them away to friends to try. And I was just like, you know what? Sometimes king cake is just an excuse to eat sweets and to get away with it and not yeah. feel guilty. That's right. <laughs> well, I like the fact that it's you know we got the real cannoli cream, which is uh, which is not really a sweet filling type right. of thing. So I just tell people, look, it's not super sweet, so you can get away with it. <laughs> it's, it's a non-guilty king cake. Nobody so, believes me, but that's what that So was. what's in a cannoli cream? So you have the real ricotta cheese and all of our other wonderful things that we put in there to make our special uh, blend. But I think that that's really the main difference. And again, that again goes back to 
you know, the traditional methods. Um, I think that when people think cannolis, they think of an icing type of filling, and that's not what it is. Um, you know, I just got back from uh, New York on uh, a week ago, and um, I was pleased to see that they really use that real ricotta um, cream cheese, uh, not cream cheese, but um, uh, ricotta cheese filling in their cannolis and some other dishes and things like that. I, again, it's just sticking to the fundamentals is what, you know, what people want and and it and it really produces a really great product too. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, people are like, why is this different? Why is this good? Because it's made the right way. You know, um, but that's again with the king cake and and, and our and the cannolis that we do. That is another misconception. That they're super super sweet. They really they really aren't. They're it's got sugar in it. Can't deny it. But uh, but it's and, not that like sticky sweet like over sugared. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, I yeah, maybe yeah. I just felt the pounds come I on. I felt yeah, the blood right. sugar yeah, spike. Right. Yeah, no, it's not that. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, so talk to me a little bit, Mark. How does a guy from Amit <laughs> end up in New Orleans right, running well, well, an well, Italian market? Well, the, again, this is I've got all these weird things that's happened to me in the past few years. But basically, um, so the quick history on all that is that my family is actually, uh, one side of the family is from France, came directly to New Orleans um, in the late 1800s. The other side of the family, the Italian family, came from Sicily directly to Louisiana around the same time frame. Um, the thing where they meet is uh, my dad was working up there and they happened to have me where they, <laughs> they were working up there. And then we moved back home. I tell people they were just driving up I-55, pulled over, had me, and we came back home. But um, uh, So they were, both sides of the family, though, were in um, the food business. And I've always known this. I know that the French side had a dairy farm over here by Auction Hospital um, and uh, served the uptown community, or which was New Orleans at the time, um, with uh, milk on horse-drawn carriage. Then they got, they made some money and got a car, or got a truck. And um, and I have pictures of that in the store, actually. Oh, how cool. Yeah. And then my, uh, the Italian side, my mom's side of the family, um, had a seafood distribution company in Plaquemine outside of Baton Rouge. And... Um, what I didn't know, though, was until I went to my aunt's funeral um, uh, about a year ago that they also had an Italian grocery store. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And I'm in the store one day, you know, and uh, this is before I d- discovered this. And I was thinking, you know, why did I do this? Why did I buy this store? I mean, you know, when most people have a midlife crisis, they buy a Corvette. Trust me. <laughs> You're buy, like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Trust me, buy the Corvette. It would be an easier deal. <laughs> and um, so I... Uh, but I could never really figure out what drew me to buy this place. And then, you know, I think it kind of came a little bit more in focus that, you know, I've got a family history that was in this business. And I don't know if it stays in the genes or what it is or, you know. And um, but I was kind of glad to see that, that, OK, this is maybe one of the reasons why I jumped in front of this freight train and, you know, and took this on. Um, my uh, the Superville family had the uh, dairy farm. Uh, or the dairy right there by Auctioner, and I actually bought their house, my grandparents' house, and the, they had a boucheret that they would uh, sell meat as well. The slab for that boucheret is still in the front yard. Oh, wow. And um, I'm actually thinking about one day I want to get it grandfathered in and put the boucheret back, but I have to get it great-grandfathered in. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I, I, see, I see all this now, and, you know, so not only did I have this sort of desire to keep uh, this old-school business going, 
and keep the fabric of New Orleans together, if you will. But it really ties into my my family history uh, pretty nicely, and uh, and that's pretty exciting. That's pretty cool. And you know, it's funny for my listeners out there. I'm I'm looking here at Mark from Norjo Imports, and he's sitting across from me. And as soon as I started asking him that question, his face perked up. He got <laughs> excited, and you can see how somehow the love of food just it gets in us and then it, it drives us and i do think there's something about maybe you know back in our lineage it, yeah. it's in our dna yeah. and all of a sudden you get in that moment where it's right. triggered and right. there there ain't no going back it, i think it comes back to and this happens all the time as well it comes back to those feelings and and smells and sensations of eating your grandmother's cooking or something right when people walk in the store they say this place smells like my grandparents house <sighs> I mean, are you kidding me? That is like, I mean, where else can you buy a business when people come in and tell you that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's it's the best. And so um, uh, I think that that's another thing that people, that resonates with people with the stores. They come in, they they smell that. And I've, I had, had, a, had a chef in town, pretty well known, and he walked in and he told me that as well. And I was like, now that, <laughs> you know, that was, that was pretty cool. And that was, um, uh, that was right um, early on when we bought the place. And so it's just very encouraging when you, when you hear that kind of thing. And I think there is this thing that we're looking for. I know when I travel, I'll ask, you know, if you ask the concierge where to go eat, that, you know, they send you to the fancy places. And when I uh, took my mom to France a couple years ago, I said, I want to go where I can get mama food. Right. I want it to be like somebody's right. old mama cooked right. it because right. that's the smell and the flavor yeah. I want. And I think it, 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 like we get excited yeah. whenever we find that moment yeah. and we're like, this, this is, yeah. this is the place. I mean, if, you know, to have the opportunity to bring that kind of pleasure to people, it's just, it's, it's, you can't put it in words. Well, so I know um, every time I get chefs here on the show and I ask them, oh, what's your favorite thing on the menu? What must we have? It's like asking you to, you know, pick your yeah. your favorite kid right. out of all of them. <laughs> but I, I will start and say that my favorite is the meatball. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the kind of red gravy that I like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like a super vinegary. Right. I don't like a super thin red gravy. Right. I want to... Feel the body of the red gravy on that. Absolutely. I want it to stick to that meatball. Right. And uh, so, what are what are some of your favorite things y'all do in the deli? Well, actually, the meatball is one of my favorites as well. Um, uh, and you know, it's kind of funny. I tell people that I bought the recipes and the building came with it for free, because that's really at the end of the day what we what we do there. Um, you know, I think that the muffalata is something that is such a um, iconic food here, especially in New Orleans, that I still, believe it or not, you know, and I, I can't eat a lot of them. I, mean, I really can't because I could, I could do it all day long, right? But um, uh, that, and just something about that muffalata, you know, it's just something about it. Now, I do like the Little Joe because I, I feel that that has a little bit of um, the uh, of Joe's influence to it. And I, I didn't know Joe, by the way. He actually died about um, six years ago now. And, um, but he, um, made this sandwich and I believe it or not, it was not on the menu when I just, when I bought the place, I actually found an old flyer in, in a box in the back and I looked at it and I'm like, what is this? And then kind of asked around and kind of figured it out. And I was like, that's a pretty cool little sandwich and it's small. So what's on it? It is turkey, provolone and our artichoke salad. That artichoke salad is really, really good. And again, it's got a lot of those Italian influences as far as the way that it's put together. And I think that's another thing about 
um, just the kind of Italian cooking, cooking maybe in general, where when you've got really quality food, it's the process in which they cook it versus, um, uh, you know, the ingredients or anything else. It's not necessarily the recipe. There's, there's processes um, for putting things together. Um, one cool thing about Norjo is that uh, a lot of things we do is just sort of um, put together, not not necessarily cooked, you know what I mean? Like it's not, um, you know, you will not need big stoves and all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, and that's one of the, one of the things artichoke salad is so you put it together, but the way that you do it, some marinating that takes place, which is cool, you know? And so, you know, I've, I've been in the food, I haven't been in the food business like as, as in a chef as yourself, but um, I've definitely been a student of it. And I worked at a um, an Italian restaurant when I was in high school called Sal and Sam's on Veterans. Yeah. And if everybody remembers Sal and Sam's, that was one of the coolest places ever for me. And because um, I got to wear a bow tie to work. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, uh, but watching those guys and remembering some of the things that they did, there was a lot of um, process in the kitchen before the food was put together. You know, the, the they made the Caesar salad table side, you know, and things like that where, you know, it's this kind of gathering of all these ingredients and it's just put together. It wasn't cooked. It was, you know, just made right there in front of you. I thought that was one of the coolest things when it comes to food. And so that's where um, a lot of our foods are, are, I think, get a lot of their richness from is that the fact that they're sort of um, put together that way, you know, and the process of making it. Is uh, is not what you get in every in, in every restaurant, you know. So, well, you know, I feel like you know Sicilian food, Italian food is a great fit and for New Orleans. And when we look at, you know, so many times we look at you know the heat and the temperature, and yeah. we say, okay, food that comes from another region that's hot may be the right fit. But I also feel like. Th- Room temperature food is undervalued. Right, right. <laughs> when right. it's hot outside, yeah. I want yeah. a turkey sandwich. Yeah. I do not want a hot bowl right. of soup. Right. And so I, you know, I feel like there there's some brilliance in that. Yeah. The perfect meal for me is like an antipasta platter with meat and cheese uh. and olives and a nice piece of bread. Yeah. And well, hello, muffalata. Let's put it right. on a sandwich and travel yeah. with it. Yeah. So to kind of answer the question, I guess, as far as what really is my favorite thing, um, it is the meats and the cheeses, just grabbing a few of them, sneaking in the back and and eating that. That's really what I eat. And um, it, when I first bought the place, everybody told me, well, Mark, you're going to gain 10 pounds. I actually lost seven pounds because all I was eating was meats, cheese, and olives. So it was like an Atkins diet. <laughs> you're like, no act- carb. <laughs> and the fact that I was running around like a crazy person for for a month or two there. But um, so yeah, no carbs, and it was and it was so good. And I, and you when you eat really good food too, you don't fill up. I mean, you fill up quicker on less amounts. And so um, that's really my my favorite thing. Now our wine is actually being delivered as we speak. Uh, we finally got our liquor license, and so now. The wine and cheeses and the meats and the and the antipasto trays that we've always done. We've always done the antipasto trays and the, the charcuterie and everything. But um, now to add some wine to it, it's going to really top it off really nice. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back and pop a bottle. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to open any. I'm only selling them. I'm not drinking them. <laughs> well, you have to You have to check the, the quality. I have to sample. There, there is definitely quality assurance that I, is required. I'm, I'm a good sampler. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's funny that, you know, you're like meat and cheese and olives because yeah. uh, I had years ago, I had Mr. Joe Impostata on uh-huh. the show, and I said, 
the man has stolen my heart. And I called my mom. I said, I am in love with this man. And she goes, why? I said, he brought me a jar of olives and I couldn't think of a better gift in the world because I'm, my husband laughs because <laughs> I, like there's just little containers of various and assorted yeah. olives and olive salads in our fridge. And he'll say, we don't have anything for dinner, but condiments. <laughs> right. And I'm like, that's no, dinner. That's dinner. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I feel bad because all I brought was some fake cookies and, and, uh, well, and some bread. But I was going to grab some olives. Well, so you didn't know that carbs are the other way to my heart. Yeah, well, so uh, usually whenever we, uh, right before we start a show, we have yeah. to tell the guys in the booth what we had for breakfast. And oh, I'm yeah. like, thank goodness what I say is not always on TV, right. I mean, on, on the radio because it's like, Oh, cake and cookies. <laughs> so, so y'all have a whole bakery in well, there. No, no, we we don't actually. The, the baked goods we actually have someone that makes them for us. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we do. And and that's another thing that we do with the store is that I want to be an outlet for a lot of the local vendors. And so we're bringing a lot of local vendors in that we personally just, if I like it, I'm going to carry it. Uh, or hope that I can carry it. And um, I just found some things that I liked. And and for a small bakery to have an, a retail outlet. You know, I think we're a perfect fit for that because, you know, they really could not sustain um, unless they had large manufacturing facilities. They couldn't sustain a grocery store chain or something like that. So we're a perfect little outlet for them to Love make it. a little bit extra. They could possibly even double their capacity because we'll take some. And, of course, we, we do wholesale as well, and we, we try and sell wholesale for them as well. And you could get the best from the individual, the different people and their yeah. best yeah, I dishes. mean, if, if they've got something that's really, really good, you know, and they're on the West Bank, and they'll never be able to sell to everybody on the East Bank, and we can carry it over here, they just enlarge their market, number one, increase pr productivity, and hopefully profits. So, and then we get all the good stuff. Well, so <laughs> I'm looking at what looks like a fig cookie. Is that, that is a huge cuchidari. It is a giant <laughs> one. And if you um, if you haven't had one, you need to have one and definitely hit some St. Joseph altars yes. next year. And then we have something with almonds. That's an almond bar, and it's uh, made with almond paste on the inside. And um, mm. it's a small bakery on the West Bank. And uh, these guys do a tremendous job with that. And um, we have some some Italian twist bread as well. And uh, well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a tasting yeah. on the air. We have okay. a couple of minutes, so let's Absolutely. taste something. So I'm gonna taste the fig cookie. And so for me, it's about how it breaks. It doesn't crumble. Mm -hmm. It's it crumbles enough, but it sticks to the filling. It doesn't all fall on the right. plate. Right. That is a big deal to me. Right. <laughs> and the St. Joseph altar cookies are obviously they're made to sit out and dry. Um, this is the advantage of eating them right off right the oven, I guess. So I love it. Yeah. Um, figs are also very special to yeah. my heart. Um, love them dearly. And um, to have that kind of nice, like almost like a, a fig, it, it's not jelly, it's not right. jam, it's not paste. It's just got yeah. this really nice um texture that gives you it has body right and that's the thing with the figs i i think it's one of the most underrated um cooking items for desserts and for savory foods as well that uh that people could use we just sold uh, a lot of them to the uh, uh a whole case of figs or whatever to um uh, the food channel I was actually filming something down here i thought that was pretty cool that they came and bought our figs of all things <laughs> you know? but um 
But yeah, that, there's a lot of things you can do with the figs. We make a fig confit, and and we put it on some of the sandwiches as well. So I, very versatile item. Yeah, and I love a good like a like a yeah. ham sandwich with right. fig jam and it's mustard and good oh, cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a happy girl. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> and so this almond cookie or almond bar is really nice. And yeah. so the outside is kind of crispy, crunchy, but the outside, I mean, the inside is almost like a. Um, it's that almond paste. It makes a, it like a. Again, not a filling, you know, not a super sweet icing, um, but really a nice little balance to it. And, and but the visually it looks like almost like it's like undercooked dough, uh-huh. and then when you go right. to bite it, you're like, right. oh, it's a different texture. It's, it's kind of nice. like a cookie dough kind yeah. of look, yeah. And uh, the bread is uh, so DeSalvo was a um, uh, a baker on the West Bank for for years and years. He closed down after Katrina, so he's he's been baking and making all this, and that's where that's where this comes from. And he has got, um, I, I think, one of the um, uh, original flavors of that Italian twist bread, and um, that's one of the reasons why why we like it. And it's got a nice little bit of a salty bite to it, and it's it's really good. So we we sell a lot of that as well. Well, I am super excited for you, and um, I know that our listeners out there are going to want to know where to find you okay. and when you're open, so yeah. so give them the scoop. So real quick, it's it's very easy. It's Metairie Road and the railroad track, and if you've ever been on Metairie Road, you know the railroad tracks. If you've ever caught the train, actually, we get a lot of business because when, when the train comes, <laughs> people turn right there and come right to the store. Um but we're, that's where we are. We're um, uh, basically the second block off of Metairie Road at the railroad tracks, which would, I guess, be the north side of Metairie Road. And um, you'll see that little um, uh, strip of uh, stores right there. We're right, by, we're right next to Salon Sinaj, our friends right there, and Estella's. So Estella's, Salon Sinaj, and then us. And they all we all face Frisco right there. Um, we also do the Muffalata Festival. And the Muffalata Festival is coming up tentatively set right now for October 14th, waiting for the the permits and all to come through. But um, we did that. Um, the, the first Muffalata Festival was last year on September 10th. Um, we expected about 500, 700 people to show up, and about 2,000 did. Wow. And so we had a great time, uh, learned a lot of lessons. Uh, we're expanding it a little bit more uh, this year, but it's right there along the railroad tracks in front of the store. We blocked the street off and everything. And then, of course, we're going to be doing a wine and cheese um tasting. Um, I believe that one's going to be set for next Wednesday, the 13th. And because um, that's the first available day we could get the license, I mean, the <laughs> permit to do it. So uh, we'll be doing a lot of those as well. So keep an eye on us. If you follow us on Facebook, you'll be able to keep keep up with us as well. Well, awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much sure, for your time today. You. Um, for everybody out there, uh, norjo.com, if you want to hit their website, I highly recommend the Italian meatball. And I personally like to order two so I can have one for in the car on the way home and then the other one to be like, hey, honey, I brought you dinner. <laughs> we, we, we get that all the time. And your secrets are safe with us at an Italian deli. We will tell no one. Awesome. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host in New Orleans by mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.